Welcome to the sermon podcast of Christ Lutheran Church in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. We are glad that you are here. At Christ Church, we believe that God is alive in Holy Scripture, inspiring, challenging, and guiding us today. As we journey through the Bible together, we bring our hopes, our pain, our questions, and our doubts, trusting Jesus to meet us here full of grace. Christ Lutheran Church is a special place of healing. May the Word of God bless you today. So on the way to Jerusalem, Jesus was going through the region between Samaria and Galilee, and he entered a village. As he entered this village, ten men with a skin disease approached him. Now, keeping their distance, they called out, saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Keeping their distance, they called out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when Jesus saw them, he said to them, Go, show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were made clean. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice. He prostrated himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus asked, were ten, were not ten made clean? So where are the other nine? Did none of them return to give glory to God except this foreigner? And then he said to him, get up and go on your way. Your faith has made you well. The gospel of the Lord. You may be seated. What do you say? What do you say? What do you say? That's one of the questions a young child is asked as soon as her parents begin to think that she has the words to answer. What do you say? At at church, somebody gives her a gift, a, a new teddy bear. Beaming, she receives it with open arms. She buries her face in its fur and she turns to run off to play with her new best friend when her father stops her in her tracks. What do you say? Child's joy turns to puzzlement, concern. Then she realizes, she looks up at her father. Thank you? He nods, he gestures to the the kind church friend who is just happy. The person who gave the gift is just happy to see the child enjoying this gift. To have brought this child joy. And and maybe she whispers to the father, it's fine, it's fine. No, the child shyly turns to the gift giver. Thank you. Gratitude. Gratitude is a big deal 
in our culture. A decent, well-respected family that has, that has children. That, that family has children who know how to say thank you when someone gives them something or helps them. It's not enough for the child to be clearly delighted. Their joy and their excitement aren't sufficient. They must use words or signs to communicate their thanks. Because to be called ungrateful, whew, to be called ungrateful, that is probably one of the greatest insults that can be leveled at somebody. When you give a child a gift, to, to see them enjoy it, that might be enough thanks. But to give an adult something and not receive thanks, well, that can just be the end of it, right? That might be the end of ever giving a gift again. Might even be the end of a relationship. You give something to someone. You put thought and concern. You, you worked hard. You gave them something. You gave them your time, your resources. And they didn't even say thank you. They didn't even acknowledge it. That might just be the end of it. Well, let's just see if I ever do something nice for them again. It's the story of Jesus healing ten men of their skin disease and only one of them returning to express thanks? Well, it seems pretty obvious. These folks are just plain ungrateful. What seems exceptional here isn't that one man came back to thank Jesus for his miraculous healing. What's exceptional is that nine did not. Who raised these guys? Even Jesus himself is baffled. He says, wait, 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 wait. Weren't there ten? Weren't there ten of you? Where are the other nine? Even though this gospel story is from thousands of years ago, from a completely different culture, still, this ungratitude is totally unthinkable. I'm glad somebody's getting instructions to church, and I love it. <laughs> I hope they get here. It seems totally unthinkable until you think about the way that God's generosity is received by the world. Maybe even at times by us. Because what Jesus does for those ten men Jesus does for the world. He heals these men by making them clean, and his action makes it possible for them to fully participate and enjoy life with friends and, and family. And this is exactly what Jesus does for us. By his grace, we all are made clean. We said at the beginning of worship, that Jesus has forgiven us our sins. We asked for mercy. We reminded each other that we have been given that very thing. Forgiveness of sins. This is a spiritual healing, but it has a physical impact. It means that there is now no distance between us and God. From now through eternity, there's nothing that can separate us from God's love for us. Nothing. There is no distance. We asked for that. We were given that. 
We don't have to hide from God, ashamed or embarrassed, because God, who has seen all, loves us and has made us clean. Despite our failures, our misunderstandings, despite our mistrust, again and again, new every morning, God pours out love, mercy, grace upon grace. God has made us clean. So when Jesus does this for the ten men, how unthinkable is it really that only one reacts appropriately to this miracle? I don't know about you, but I don't wake up every morning filled with the kind of thanksgiving that this guy has at the feet of Jesus. It's kind of easy as as life goes on to, to find myself moving on along, maybe with those other nine, going about my day, even though God has saved me and God has healed me, God has forgiven me. I wake up to a new day, new mercies I see, but first I reach for my iPhone. I check some email. I do uh, the New York Times Wordle. I check the weather as if the miracle of a new day, one lived with God and a loving family, with loving friends, isn't the greatest miracle I could ever ask for. Not before my coffee. We might think the kind of ingratitude in this story is what's exceptional, but the reaction of the one is what is truly exceptional. When you think about it more broadly, as what Jesus does for us all. Martin Luther said that it's this one man, this rare one man, who returns to Jesus, who shows us exactly what true worship looks like. The man who returns to Jesus full of praise, he's not coming back just to say thank you. He's not just being polite. He has come to faith in Jesus. He has recognized what Jesus has done for him goes far beyond what a little prescription strength ointment might have cleared up today. He has come to worship. And worship is the most reasonable and exceptional response to what Jesus does for us all. Jesus didn't say, only one came back to say thank you. Jesus said, did none of them return to give glory to God? Jesus isn't insulted that they didn't say thanks. He's pointing out that the one laying at his feet praising him is glorifying God. He is God. When we let our minds rest on the truth of what God is like and what God has done in Jesus Christ, our thanks is our praise. In fact, that child in, in, the, in, in the beginning who receives that gift of the teddy bear from the church lady, the reason the church lady doesn't need the child to say, thank you, is because watching that child enjoy that gift, bury its face in that teddy bear, run off to play, that's all the thanks she needs because that is praise. That is enjoyment. Our thanks is our praise. We show gratitude not with words of thanks alone, but with how we live our lives in praise and worship. 
This whole story is a worship service. We talked about that in Sunday school. From asking for mercy and receiving grace to offering praise and thanksgiving, the story is worship. We come to worship to set the pattern for the whole rest of our days. The writer Annie Dillard says that how we spend our days is how we spend our lives. She said, what we do with this hour and the one and that one is what we are doing. How we spend our days is how we spend our life. What we do with this hour and that hour is what we are doing. We come to worship together to break the pattern of this life that would have us following these nine men and instead joining the one to give glory to God. We come here to spend this hour setting the standard for all the rest. And we do this. We offer thanks, we worship, and we praise, not because God needs it, but because we need it. God is still God whether we praise him or not. God is still generous and merciful and loving towards us whether we choose to see it or to thank him or to praise him, to let him change our lives. Remember that all ten men were healed. But only one of them understood what that truly meant and got to enjoy the closeness of Jesus. We worship not to earn God's favor. We are already granted this gift. We worship because, my God, just look what we have been given. My life flows on with endless song above earth's lamentation. I catch the sweet, though far off, hymn that hails a new creation. Through all the, the tumult and strife, I hear the music ringing, and it finds an echo in my soul. How can I keep from singing? It is the song of the one. While the other nine, well, he had business to attend to. Maybe he didn't notice he had been healed. You know, one did give credit to the new skincare routine finally taking effect. Another was just doing what Jesus told him to, returning to the priests. Now, I wonder if one here might just have a lot going on in life. It's hard to find the energy. And I wonder if somebody listening online just doesn't have time. Life is just so busy. And I wonder if there is anybody who might have received a healing or a blessing or, or a gift from God. But, but, you know, when you think about it, there's also all the issues in the world, wars that are on the way, the, the poverty, you know, there's the election. And, and also, you know, my back hurts. Sometimes we choose to see a world without the blessings of God. And we live out of the pains and the frustrations and the disappointments or the slights of the past. We can really work ourselves into a funk, can't we? We can choose to. We can choose to be grumpy, to head down the, the path of the road of the nine, as if God had not changed our lives. But oh, when you 
Lift your eyes and see what God has done. I venture to guess the one who came to praise Jesus, that if his skin started acting up again the very next day, it wouldn't change a thing for him. The condition of his heart wouldn't change a thing about his new life. The one where he knows that God is in the world, and that God is merciful, and loving, and saves. What though my joys and comforts die? Well, but the, the Lord my Savior liveth. What though the darkness gather round? Songs in the night he giveth. No storm can shake my inmost calm while to that refuge clinging. Since Christ is Lord of heaven and earth, how can I keep from singing? So last week, my family and I were given the wonderful gift of time together in Little Compton, Rhode Island. It's a place that has become a, a Sabbath place for us. There's a, a, a couple of old friends, an, an older couple, who we go to spend time with there. And, but I have to tell you, this week the weather was miserable. It was cold. It was rainy every single day. Our last day there, before we packed up the car, just as dawn was breaking, I, I took our little dog for a walk, and I was in a funk. I was in a funk. I mean, the whole week was rain. Cooped up in this little house with little kids and dogs. And as I was headed down the beach, I, I was kind of lamenting it didn't go better, and I took the dog off the, the leash. I was grumbling, actually, about all the work that was already ahead of me. I had been thinking about. I, I, I left my computer in Georgia, so I didn't, couldn't even do anything about all the work that was waiting for me. I was grumbling about that. I had, had another wedding to prepare, worship. Got a council meeting coming up to, later today. I found out we had a staff member with COVID. And there's the church retreat to, to prepare for and then, on top of all that, Ellen was leaving the country the next day. We still hadn't packed the car for a seven-hour drive. I had barely recovered from the trip to Georgia the week before. And I didn't know what I was going to preach this Sunday. Now I wondered, what is the deal with those nine? What is their problem? Couldn't they see all that God has done for them, and then I noticed my little dog up ahead was a little too far away, and I whistled for him to come back. He came running back, bounding back, his tongue flying out of his head, his ears flapping. He got to my feet, which is a miracle by itself. I called the dog, and he came. He lays on his back. Cindy, you know how he is. Lays on his back. He's rolling in the sand, his tail wagon. And I said out loud, oh, oh, it's this. It's this. I, I then saw in the raw beauty of those waves crashing on the rocks as they have been doing nonstop for millions of years. And I had this moment of solitude, this entire beauty of creation to myself. 
and dawn's early light was emerging behind the rain clouds, and so it promised something about what was ahead. And there was this crisp, clean air, and our dog, Rody, our dog who is named for this place which reliably brings us joy, brings us back to ourselves, back to each other, so we can come back to worship. He was so full of joy, bounding up and down the beach, back and forth, dancing with the waves. And as they went, they were made clean, it says. And when he noticed, ah, when he noticed, and when I noticed, I was so overwhelmed with gratitude for the family that I had just spent this precious, precious time with. We had to do nothing but enjoy each other and to play and to eat and to rest. And so grateful for this precious, precious time with these friends who are growing older. And grateful for this young couple that, that I had gotten to know that I was returning back to in Harrisburg to do their wedding, and grateful that, that they had let me into their lives and, and, and shown that their faith in each other and their faith in God was growing. What a gift. I was so grateful to get to be a part of this wedding. I was grateful for this gift of natural beauty, and I was grateful for this church that I would return to where I knew we would reliably worship God together. And then I, I looked on ahead at that beach, and I saw those other nine I had been walking with were walking on ahead, still grumbling, kicking sand. And I turned for a moment to the one man glorifying God who was there at the feet of Jesus along with my dog rolling in the sand in pure joy. I lifted my eyes the clouds grow thin. I see the blue above it. And day by day, this pathway smooths. Since I first learned to love it, the peace of Christ makes fresh my heart, a fountain ever spring. All things are mine since I am his, so how can I keep from sin? Amen. You have been listening to the sermon podcast from Christ Lutheran Church in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. We are honored you joined us. If you're in Harrisburg, we welcome you to join us for worship on Sundays at 1030. To find out more about our church as well as the free health services we offer, visit our website, ChristHarrisburg.org. Our theme music is by Lucian Kemper. I hope today's sermon blessed you and you'll join us again. Until then, may God be with you.